quote, making a statement about a group of people. I think that the outrage that is being shown uh, about these ads from Balian, uh, Balenciaga thought was for me um, in radiology. So since I hadn't been to college, I had to do all of my basics and stuff. So I did a year of that. And then I got accepted into the uh, Coleman College. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick. And um, this is the Ascension Podcast, and I'm here with my ace, my partner, Miss um, Tiffany. And we are here to talk about marriage today. And we're going to use a particular uh, context to talk about it. And I can't tell you where it's going because we talked about it five minutes before we came on. So I don't know what her particular place is. I know how she thinks about relationships. One of the things that really inspired me is her balance in thinking towards relationships in a world where everything is about, can he pay all the bills and can he get me a Bentley and and all this other stuff and 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 I just want to look cute that type of thing and then you know there's the flip side of it uh every every guy's running around talking about submission and so that's that's social media and so to see somebody with a balanced mature perspective uh is definitely important so we got to find out what she thinks about what Michelle Obama had to say about marriage and what went on with her and Barack from the early stages to now. Um, so Tiff, I shared the basics of it. I'm pretty sure most people have seen at least some snippet of this interview. Uh, basically it was an interview. There were a lot of people in the room. I remember seeing Kelly Rowland. Uh, there was another person, another, another young lady, beautiful young lady. She had Villa Lago, but a very, very gorgeous young black, black woman. I'm not sure who she was, but I've seen her before. So I think she may, be a, uh, some type of influencer or something, but I've seen her before. I just don't know her name. And they're sitting there and the conversation is marriage is 50, 50. Uh, and her assessment was interesting. And I'm going to share two things. And then Tiff, you can take it and you can give me your feedback and we'll, we'll roll from there. Um, She first said before she answered the 50-50 that she said, believe it or not, there was a point at the beginning of our relationship where there was a 10-year period where I couldn't stand Barack. And even me who believes in patience and commitment and covenant and all that, I'm going like 10 years, 10 years of looking at somebody you want to cut. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's all I could think about. And she was saying for 10 years, I just look at him and I was just, and I couldn't stand him. But then she followed it with something that, I mean, and, and it's how many people has this type of have this type of hindsight though. 
She said, but we've been married over 30 years now. And I would take that 10 years every time to have what I've gotten in the total 30. I'm going. And then you look, and, 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 and you know, obviously there's some background behind that, you know, upbringings and things that they're playing that role. But you, you don't expect your former first lady to say she couldn't stand her husband for 10 years. You know, a year, maybe. <laughs> you know, 10 years, I don't know. But then she followed that with something else that I did think was extremely profound. She says, marriage is never 50-50. She says, sometimes I'm 70, he's 30, sometimes he's 60, I'm 40. Some, it's always give and take. It's always about what's necessary, what's needed, who's on at the time, who's having a rough time at the time. It's about looking at each other and saying, we've got each other. And no matter what, we're going to get through this together. Now, that part I absolutely got. The 10 years thing, you know, that, that one is, and, and, and anybody that knows me, Tiff, you know this, I'm about being patient with your mate and understanding that, especially in the beginning, you got a person. And then the older you are, when you enter into a relationship, the more patient you have to be because you got a person that's been doing them for a while and you doing you for a while. And I remember there was one time in my life, and then you can have it, where literally I made an issue out about how she folded towels because she folded towels differently than I folded them. And so she was the one that came in and it was just her natural thing. She wanted to do all the laundry and stuff, but she was folding the towels wrong. The truth is there's no wrong way to fold a towel. It's the way you prefer to fold it. And so I literally eventually gave in and said, fold the towels how you want to fold, you know, because I mean, you know, it is what it is, but you know, she folded them long way. I fold them square. We were not getting along. So <laughs> Something as simple as that. But imagine things that have more gravity and meaning in life. So, in essence, tell me where you're sitting, your perspective <laughs> on it, and I'm going to shut up. I'm laughing at the, about the towel experience because I, I went through that with my ex-husband and... Um, it was actually after it, this was actually after we got divorced and I was I was I went to visit uh, I went to I went to his house because our girls were at his house and um, I remember being when I was married to him um, he actually did the laundry I didn't do any laundry when I was married okay. um, he did the laundry and he folded the clothes because I'm not a folder I'm not I don't fold clothes. <laughs> That's just something I don't do. Um, I put away my clothes um, in the dresser or whatever, but I don't fold. Um, <laughs> and and he's the folder. And so I remember when we were married, he had a certain way of folding the towels. And so when I went over there to his house, mind you, this was after we were divorced. I get to his house because our girls were there and he had the girls doing chores and they were one of their chores was to fold the, the laundry. So he was not in the, the house. I think he was outside or something and the girls were in there folding. They were, they didn't want to fold the towels, but I was telling them, Hey, 
dad said, fold the towels, let's, let's fold the towels. There is really quick. We can get it done. We can, we can, we can get it done really fast. Let's, let's do it. So I'm folding the towels. How I remember him folding the towels when we were married. So I'm folding the towels, showing them how the, the towels were going to be folded. And they're like, no, daddy doesn't do it that way. He does it this way. And I'm like, no, he does it this way. And I said, and I said, it doesn't really matter. This is the fast way. Let's just do it the fast way. So we're doing it the fast way. He comes in and he looks and he's like, now, you know, that's not how I fold towels. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is how you fold the towels when we were married, like the entire time. He's like, that's not how I fold towels. And it was this big argument. Let me tell you, it was the biggest argument because I wasn't going to back down when I know for a fact, for the 15 years I was with this man, he folded towels a certain way. And now he, re he redid it. So I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's not how I fold towels. I'm like, this is exactly how you fold towels. <laughs> Wow. This is how you do it the entire time. So it was a big argument. It, it, it escalated so much that I was like, I had to leave the house. It, it was that bad. Wow. But but yeah. Mine was, wasn't that bad, but <laughs> wow. Well, we both didn't back down. So, you know, we were both clashing. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm gone. Um, but but that, it just, that just made me laugh because it, it triggered that memory. I'm like, wow, okay. Um but this is such a touchy subject to me anyway, this this whole thing about 50-50 or whatever percentage that you want to put into this, whatever you, you're going to put in when you're married. It's such it's so touchy. But um, my stance, like I've, I think I've said this before and I'll say it again, when you come together in a marriage, I, I don't even I don't even want to look at the percentage because it's it's, it's me and it's me and this person. So it's whatever we're going to do to keep this marriage afloat, however much I got to give or how, however you're given. And if somebody's lacking something, of course it needs to be spoken about. And then it just gets, and it gets taken care of. It's not, um, oh, I put in this much, I'm doing this. So, and, and you're not doing anything. What are you going to do? No, it's, I'm doing this and maybe you could help doing this. Maybe, you know, I feel it's, it's all about talking it out. How, how I feel. I'm not going to put a, a percentage on what you're doing and what I'm doing because I may do more. I'm naturally a giver. So I may do more and I'm not going to look at it that way. It's how I move. It's how I navigate through my relationship. So I'm not going to say I, I did all this. I did all this and this and you, and you didn't do nothing or you did this much. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about what I'm doing and then, you know, whatever you're doing, it, it, that's, that's how I view it. But um, if we're going to put a percentage on stuff, I, I don't believe in the 50 feet. I, I do agree with her. It's however much you're going to put in. Um, and one person, like she said, may not be in the right state of mind, or there may, some people can be out of whack or out of balance or, or, and, and, and that's, and that's being human. <laughs> it's not, right. you're not, you're not robotic here. We're, right. we're, we're, we're all human. We're going to, we're going to have times where we're not up at our best. We're not working at our best level. We're not up to par. Um, and you have that other person there to pick up the slack. Um, that's just, a marriage it's and it's and it's all about um reciprocity all the time what i give i should be receiving back and i think all of us should have that in the back of our mind and in, in, our, in our mind all the time if you're receiving and not getting anything back all the time then yes it needs to be spoken about it needs to be you need to have a sit down because you can't just keep giving and giving and giving and then you can't give anymore because then you're going to be empty um but as far as her saying you know uh, it was a 10 year period of, uh, yeah, she said 10. I'm like, really? 10? 
<laughs> I don't know about that 10 year now, but, um, but I'm, I'm thinking what, which I'm not I, like, I didn't see the whole clip, but I'm thinking this is a marriage where two people love each other. Right. Um, no matter what. And each person is treating each other in the way they needed to be treated, you know? Now, as far as her not liking him or couldn't stand him for 10 years, I don't, I didn't see it. So I didn't know if, if he wasn't treating her that in a certain way, but I I think in the back, in the back of our mind, if one person, if the two people are treating each other, how they're supposed to be treated, then maybe that 10 years was because, you know, (laughs) you know, sometimes that feeling like, go ahead. No, she sort of, she sort of went into it. So, 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 uh, what what you what, what I think what we have to understand and we have to give things context. Uh, the first thing is that we have to give context is when she said I can't stand him. It is to me looking at it in 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 the context of what she was saying wasn't every day I wake up, you know. Even though I said this, I was you know in in gist. I don't think she's waking up every day wanting to cut him. What I think she meant is that was this phase where they were still trying to become. And she felt a certain way. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that she had the girls while he was off chasing what he was chasing. And you got to understand, this is a woman who's a professional. She's got a law degree from Harvard. So She's still trying to do what she's doing and she's got kids she's raising. And here's this dude off. He's getting up, going off, throwing on, you know, he's out there, you know, whatever. I'm going to shoot ball with the boys, you know, whatever happens in that thing. It, like You got, you come change some of these diapers. <laughs> and so I think that's what it is. But I think that, I don't think that he ever gave her a reason to think he didn't love her. Right. And that's what that was my whole point. If it was yeah. still that in the back of her mind, because look, she's a Capricorn. She's like me. <laughs> if that's still the back of your mind, we are very loyal. We, we hold it down. Um, and it's not like it's two people who hate each other. That's the whole point. It's not no. two people who hate each other or treating each other badly. It's just that that time where, OK, somebody right. else might be. And, doing- I, and I think we I think we have to translate it some t- some somewhat too. Because it could come across wrong. There's a big difference from saying, I can't stand him. I couldn't stand him to I hated him. Right. Two totally different things. When I think about can't stand and I think about a black woman, that's her way of saying you're getting on my nerves. Right. (laughs) Right. And so it's not like I hate you. It's like, oh, my God, you're getting on my last nerve, Barack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look here. You, You need to come watch these kids. I need to go somewhere. That type of thing. But the thing that got me, though, is and it plays into what we talk about, the percentages as well. She says, looking at it, I would trade that 10 years for the 30 every time. And the way she actually put it, though, she didn't. She said, I'll trade the 10 for the 20 every time in order to get the 20 years that we've had the last 20 years. I had, to get the, I had to take that 10 and mm-hmm. I'll do it every time because the 20 was just that dope. And, and, but you know, but you know what, what, you know what that is, is because they both had a goal, the same goal. Right. So whether that's they the were headed in the same direction. Right. 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 Yeah. And so when I look at that, that was the first part. Then when you look at the, the, the percentages, okay, I said, here, here, here's my philosophy. It's 50, 50. 
but never at that, never at any time. Sometimes you're going to give 70. Sometimes he's going to give 30. Sometimes you're going to give 40. He's going to give 60. But at the end of life, you guys have held each other down almost identically. So what it actually boils down to is the two of you at all times made 100. Right. And that's all that matters. But when you look at it, like I look at my great grandparents and there's this real crazy story about before when my grandparents got married, uh, you know, my grandfather was working. My grandmother had her own beauty salon, but uh, there was a point where my grandmother went through what the old people used to call a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. She had a mental break, mm -hmm. what she had. And she was totally out of it. I mean, she couldn't do anything for herself. She could. She was just gone. Mm -hmm. Five years, she was out of there. How I found out about it as a kid, a little kid, maybe four or five years old, I was riding with my grandfather. And we were rolling through a little town on the outskirts of Houston where we lived. We lived right by the ship channel in Houston uh, when I was growing up. And we were rolling to this little town called uh, Galena Park. And one of the cops pulled us over. And I'm like, oh, my God, daddy, cops. And my grandfather started laughing. He knew him. And he was an old guy. He got out. And the, little, the guy told me the story. He says, I stopped your dad coming through here so many times. He would be asleep. And then I found out his story. And I would escort him home to make sure he made it home, sleeping, wouldn't crash. My grandfather was going in as the as to his job which was at Dresser Clock Industries on the ship channel. He he made all rigs. He was a weld master welder. Okay. When he when he clocked out, he would check in as the janitor. And he was the janitor and then he would do uh other services around there. So he was working three jobs in three in in one place and then when he would finally get out for a couple of hours, he would come home, and sleep for a couple of hours and go back cuz he was taking care of her. Mm -hmm. And eventually she came out of it. And she always talked about how she honored him because he never mentions it. Mm -hmm. He just lived it. The crazy thing is when he turned 78, I was in Canada. I get a phone call. You need to hurry and get here. It's your dad. I get here. They, they He all of a sudden out of nowhere just start swelling up and a bunch of stuff going wrong and they diagnosed him with acute leukemia. Mm -hmm. The doctor gave him two weeks to live and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to get it. And anyway, the stubborn man he is and the man of faith he is, he told the doctor, I'm not ready to die yet. And he lived five years, but he lived in a decap in an incapacitated state. Yeah. He was diminishing. Guess who took care of him? for those five years. Mm -hmm. And I used to call, I say, mom, uh, I know you got to change those sheets. Give me a minute and I get over there. She say, baby, I got it. Everything this man's done for me, it's no problem. And she was a small woman. He was 200 some pounds. And she would roll him, flip the sheets up, roll him back. And she would change it. I'm like, mama, just wait for me to come. Cause I was going like two or three times a week. Say, wait for me to, but no, I, I'll change it. Because she had to, because he had, you know, uh, uh, depend on so sometimes he would and she would have to do it but she took care of him right out the gate he he didn't want to die in the hospital she brought him home he passed away and the crazy thing is he passed away on her side of the bed she had just changed it mm -hmm. and so 
that's the balance. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a point in time where he was carrying a hundred. Right. But at the end, she carried it too. And it just so happened to be five years. And like, I, you know, me being the analytic type person I am, I did the math. Nobody else did. But, you know, everybody, some people say, man, I remember when she, you know, he took care. Of, no, I'm like, it was five years. I remember because I remember the story. And so life has a way of just doing that. When you have somebody you're committed to and the love is there. And when right. I love, I'm not talking about the feeling. Right. I'm talking about the benevolent heart towards mm -hmm. a person that mm -hmm. says, I will never do anything to harm you. Right. When you've got that, you go all in and together you build something and it becomes what you say it is. Now, obviously, you have to have two people who know where they're going mm -hmm. and they have to be going in the same direction. Right. That's why understanding vision and purpose is so important because, you know, I talk about the spiritual womb of women a lot because that's what women are. Women are natural incubators. Mm -hmm. They take things and multiply it. And the thing is when it, but when you start to misuse it, it starts to malfunction. But when you use it and you protect it and you cover it and you give it the right environment, it does some remarkable things, but there are also some things that you have to put into it for it to come. And the same thing, that man, will provide the security you need if he's whole and he's healthy. But if he doesn't feel respected, right? I don't care how much you say you love him. <laughs> I don't care how much you dote on him, all that. That don't mean jack. If he feels like you don't respect him right? above all else. I remember when I was writing When Your House Is Not a Home, that was my fourth book, seems like forever ago, my fourth book, When Your House Is Not Home, I did research and that was this study I came across, blew my mind. I always knew about respect and, 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 and how men are driven by it, but there was a study where 4,000 men were asked a series of questions. One of the questions was, if you were in a situation where you knew you were loved, but you were constantly being disrespected, would you stay in that situation are the alternative being leave and live alone on an island for the rest of your life. 87% of those men say, I would rather live alone wow. than be in a place where I'm getting affection and all that stuff, but constantly being disrespected. Mm -hmm. And it really hit home just how important it is. And so I really delved into it. But when you get both of those things where how I treat you isn't dependent upon how I feel, it's dependent upon what I know I'm supposed to do for somebody I care about. Because there are going to be times I'm not feeling like doing something. There are going to be times I'm looking at you, looking at whoever, and I'm going, I just want to push her down. <laughs> And she's looking at me going, I just hope he slips and falls right now. Oh, that would just be me. I mean, those things are going on. And I'm, I'm exaggerating, but nobody is like, oh, my God, this is the most awesome person in the world every day. Right. You know, that's some days you're going like, I can't believe you lost my watch. You know, <laughs> and it's going like, you know, are you ever going to wash my car? You know, it's just those things that happen. The same thing happened with Michelle and Barack. It's like, okay, you know, dude, 
change a diaper. <laughs> you know, how about that? You know, but the thing is, when I look at where we're at, we're in a world where everybody is gassed up by social media on what's going on. We're living lives with expectations of our relationships uh, measuring up to romance novels. Yeah. And 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 that feel good movie that we saw last week. They want that instant feel good. That's what that yeah. is. Yeah. And the thing is, it starts out hot. And there are ways to keep it spicy. Mm-hmm. But the true nature of the relationship was never about the feeling in the first place. It was about what you could build for yourself, for your offspring, for their offspring, and for the impact that you were going to have on the world. It's just, it's all about the foundation. Yeah. That's it. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of these marriages, a lot of the people who are in them is because the foundation was already rocks it was crumbled in the first place and they and they went off and tried to build it <laughs> and it was just never going to be built that's the whole point our foundation is messed up from the get-go yeah and so foundation is so important and i'm glad you mentioned that the foundation is so important and we wonder why society is the way it is now and it's because marriage has failed at such an astronomical catastrophic level and people are like what do you mean i mean like if you understand how things are meant to be done socially spiritually from the natural design of divine uh creation there's a purpose there are institutes the first institute is the individual the individual has a a, a relationship with divine nature in and of themselves and with Mm -hmm all of this and they make decisions and they move themselves towards things. So they are an institution. The next institution is marriage. Now you're talking about two people with divine nature coming together to form one unit. Right. Now you can't have the next institution without this one. And that's family. Mm-hmm. Now the family is the institution through which all values, interests, principles, and projected ideas about what's possible comes from. Your children learn wealth. Your children learn who they are. Your children learn what's possible. All this stuff coming out of the family. But when the family is disrupted because the marriage was never solidly planted, right? you get all the stuff you're getting now. Now mm-hmm. everybody wants to co-parent. Well, right. we are in that situation. We don't have a choice now. But that's mm-hmm. not ideal. Because now, uh, number one is, Marriage is a wealth hack until you've been married five times and you got kids by five different situations. Now, it's not a wealth hack because you're split, but it's so many different things that we don't see that is at the at the at the foundation. Again, that word comes up. It's at the foundation of it all. I can't have a strong family without a strong marriage. I can't properly and I hate saying this because, I, let, let me make sure I, f- I f- phrase this right. Because I'll have my sisters looking for me. And, <laughs> and I'm not trying to get the smoke. But as good as some of our sisters have done, you being one, as good as our sisters have done in 
in many instances. Now, to me, I was actually, with my older kids, I was a single parent. But as good as our sisters have done, and for our brothers who were single parents, I argue that we would have done that much better if we would have built strong marriages before we started to build a family. Uh, marriages that could withstand the tests of time that are inevitable. The whole romance thing, live happy ever after, has got a bunch of people messed up. You know, he's not romantic enough. She she came in here wearing that old T-shirt. <laughs> you want her to throw on every night? I mean, you know, Let's look at things in, 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 the thing is, you have to ask yourself, you want the romantic guy that cheats or you want the guy that you got to remind him about the dates, but every day he shows up and his mind is all about you. Which one you want? Because you might be in a situation where you've got to make that choice. Right. And what is it going to be? Now, what you hope is to find something in the middle, a guy that's faithful that every now and then pulls some magic out his butt. But, you know, uh, I, 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 I tell my sisters, I used to tell my sisters and my daughters, so you better be careful with them romantic dudes. And like, them, why? Them, them, them sweet talkers. Them, them, them guys sweet that talking know romantic dudes that always say the right thing, know exactly <laughs> what gift to buy, know exactly where to take you. Say, why? Say, they had a lot of practice. Right. You know, they ain't this ain't something new to them. This they this how they get down. So how many times have they got down? Now my whole thing is you can convince yourself that this is the last time they're gonna get down. But track record says different. And I'm not against it. You know, I want to be a romantic guy. I do. <laughs> I want I want I want to do that. But my number one concern is am I loving you? And when you look at me, do you see me moving towards you? Do you see mm -hmm. me trying to protect you? Do you see me working to make sure you have what you have? Do you see me listening to your concerns and saying, I heard you? And then you see, because I'm not going to be perfect and everything I do is not going to align with what you want me to do because I'm me. But when you give me a concern, do you see me working on me to be better so that I fit into you? Now, that's my number one concern. Now, if I can pull some romance out of that somewhere along the way, cool. But my number one concern is to make sure you're okay. Because that needs to be done every day. Mm -hmm. I don't get to take a day off from that. Right. So, you know, and so that's the thing that I would really try to pass across to, to, to people is when you listen to her talk about that, She's giving you a synopsis into the entire dynamic of what we don't get Barack and Michelle if they don't find a way to manage them 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I've said, you know, I've had my ins and outs and different things about uh, the Obamas. But the one thing that I always admired was they can't find any crack in that relationship. Yeah. Because if they could, it would have been plastered everywhere. And it doesn't mean that it was perfect. It just means that they managed each other. Right. Well. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what it requires. It requires well that that swinging for the perfection stuff will get you disappointed every time. Yep. I was told. Um, I was told by someone when if you're in a relationship with someone, and like I said, this comes this comes with a with a good foundation. This comes with when you two are both headed in the direction y'all both are trying to get to. Um, when you do have those rough patches, because you're gonna have them, that's just normal. When you do have those angry moments, those those moments when you're feeling some type of way, always remember love. Oh, don't don't remove yourself from that person. Remember that you love that person, you know, and and that brings it all back into perspective. Okay, now I understand. It it, it takes a little bit. You may still be angry, but it takes it off just the edge off a little bit. Right. You do love this person. It's not like you hate this person. It's not like right. you can't ever see your per your life without this person. You know you're both headed in this direction. Figure figure it out. That's the whole point. You manage it. You manage it well. It's it to me. It ultimately boils down to understanding commitment. Mm -hmm. it, it it boils down to what have I committed to? One of the things that have um, that has really paid the way for me to be able to do some of the things that I've done uh, that I'm proud of is commitment. And the one thing I say is it's not about the resources you have. It's not about all the things that you think matters. At the end of the day, are you willing to go the distance? <laughs> At the end of the day, are you willing to go the distance? Because I've seen people that almost seem like they had no doors open no everything was a grind and they just simply had made up in their mind that they weren't going to quit and i'm talking about life in general same thing with marriage marriage is this thing that if you expect it to just roll over and be everything you thought it would be you're going to be immensely disappointed and it's probably not going to last but if you make up in your mind and say, as long as this person wakes up loving me tomorrow, I'm going to wake up loving them. Mm -hmm. And then you figure the rest of that stuff out. Right. You do. And that's not where everybody, everybody is, this ain't what I thought it would be. This, And then it's so easy to walk away now. All you got to do is say, hey, you're irreconcilable difference in supportability. We're not getting along. Mm -hmm. Are you sure you're getting And then the, this is the question. We're not getting along is why we're getting divorced. The question that the court asked you to swear out in your in, in your divorce decree is, is there any chance that you can work this out and get along? Mm -hmm. All you have to do is say no. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's nothing that holds us there. And then you look at things that last, like I look at Eastern cultures and it's like in the West, everybody is waiting to turn 18 so they can say, I'm grown, I'm independent, you can't tell me anything. In the East, the elders have influence and the elders hold you accountable. And what I found was that was unique when I was doing my research is that when the two come together and get married, both families on both sides when they see it's a problem, they come together and they're united. It's not one side against the other. It's you guys going to figure this out. And whoever is wrong, like for instance, if I, my son is married to your daughter 
And then I find out he's cheating. I'm not coming over there. I'm like on his butt. And I, I remember that in, in my in my in my first marriage. I remember when I first got married. I was young, 19. Wow, 19. Yeah, 19. <laughs> and you know, didn't have a clue. But she she was pregnant. And so mm-hmm. I was taught to be responsible. I thought that was responsible. My grandfather said, no, that's not what we meant. You're not ready for marriage. But I, I got married. They begged me not to get married. They told me all the they 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 threatened to cut me off if I got married. They did everything. But once I got married, say, Oh, you're married now. And what I would do is I would I was uh in Canada. I was an athlete, I was in Canada. I mean, I would come home uh for periods. And like there was a point in time where I came home and we were there. I hadn't bought the house yet. And we were there. We were about to buy the house. And so this was new. I mean, fresh new Mary. And every day I would get up, get dressed, leave her in the bed, go hang out with my boys, go shoot basketball, whatever, come home that night, whatever. I remember the third day coming in, my grandfather said, sit down. He's on, he was on the porch. He said, sit down. He said, we asked you not to get married. You insisted on getting married. That, that girl in there, that's your wife. You're married now. Those boys out there, they're secondary. They 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 get they get they get in where they fit in. So so you understand what I'm saying? Don't you get up one more day and leave here without your wife? <laughs> and that was it. Mm-hmm. And he, he held me that he knew that was probably not a good move for me. He knew more about my wife than I did. Out certain people in our family knew her family. Mm-hmm. So he knew stuff that they didn't tell me. But uh, once I married her, that's your wife. And so, but he would tell me, hey, that's not how you carry yourself. This is what men do. So you, when you leave, make sure you take her with you. And don't go. And then he said, don't go dump her off nowhere either. <laughs> <laughs> drop her off at her mama's house. No, but, but. We don't see that here. What we see is it's almost now we're in a culture where we're more likely to get advice to leave. Right. Than we are to figure out how to work it out. If you're not happy, oh my God, if you're not happy, you don't need to be there. Well, number one is another another person shouldn't be the source of your happiness in the first place. Now, if a person is causing you problems and robbing you of your happiness, Mm -hmm. that's an issue. But if you're needing them to create it for you, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Right. That should be something inside of you that's seeking those things. And if both of you are actually aiming towards the first thing, a lot of your happiness should be in that. Right. The fact that we're fulfilling our purpose should be the thing that's driving us. Driving, right. Yeah. So there's a lot for that. But uh, man, you know, I, when I heard, I said, I think this would be a good topic. And I kind of dropped it on you because this wasn't what, what we talked about the last time we were preparing for it. Uh, I took off some time. You had yeah. uh, successive ber- uh, consecutive birthdays with, with <laughs> yeah. your babies and, and all of that. So uh, we kind of missed a couple of weeks. But um, I just thought about it. I'm like, man, that's deep. You yeah, know? it is. I mean, and, and, I, and we both uh you know been married we've been we we understand <laughs> and we both understand that we've been married and divorced um and like i said i could always speak from my own experiences and right. like i said it's 
15 years of being with um, my ex-husband and uh, the foundation wasn't there. And, and, and that, and that uh, focus on what we wanted wasn't there. We were on two totally different paths, but I got pregnant. And like when you were 19, that, that was our basis of our marriage. So, um, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of us who are in this Western culture, this is what we experience. This is what, this is what it is. And I think that's another reason why um, a lot of, you know, the, the divorce rate is so, is so high. It's because it, it was never supposed to be in the first place. Um, we're doing things off of um, what, what we deem as necessary or supposed to be done because it's going to be looked upon or frowned upon in certain some way if we take if we actually do what we know is right with us within ourselves. Right. Um, but you know we we've, we've been thrown off course so for so long right now. Like all of us are having having babies without marriage. We're 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 just that comes first now. Like you said, it's not it's not marriage anymore. It's it's these babies are coming and then all of a sudden now now we're looking to be married. No, it should be the other way around. But our culture right now and this and the way it is, it's so messed up. It's so upside down. And and so that 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 right there, the backwards approach to building. It's like building a house and then trying to put a foundation on right. it. Right. It's gonna crumble every time. And not understanding why it's not working for you. Well, you know, we've been conditioned that everything evolves. Some things weren't meant to evolve. Mm -hmm. Some things were perfect because the perfect created it. The only things that evolve is elevation is supposed to evolve us. But mm -hmm. not, and see what we, we talk so much about evolving that we don't realize that there's a polar opposite to it. It's called devolving. And we devolve because we think we are smarter than the designer. We think we're smarter than the natural scope of things. And I'm like, well, if you can't survive without doing this, how can you possibly think that what you're doing is natural? If you are looking at something and you see the destructive outcome Ignoring it or sitting up and trying to redirect or reassign blame doesn't change the fact that this wasn't happening when we were doing that. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is, when we were doing that, we didn't have this. So then we've got to sit up and say that obviously stopping and losing focus on doing it a certain way has cost us. And we're looking at it. You're looking at uh, a situation in the black community where the wealth gap is widening. Why? Marriage is declining. The ability to build. Number one is you can't teach principles in a situation where both people are fighting over who's going to get what money wise. And that's what happens when you have two parents. It's about, hey, you need to pay me this. You need to. Nobody's talking about how can we build something for the future of the kids. Everybody's talking about what I don't want to give her all my money and he needs right. to give me more money. That's not, you can't build from there. Mm -hmm. So now you already have that dynamic. So now the one thing you can't do when you're talking about building is be greedy or stingy. And one person is being greedy, the other person is being stingy, and nobody is building anything. Okay. And you're teaching it to the kids. 
So right. now you're teaching the kid is you can go out, have a kid, don't need to be married, and then the best man wins. Right. And and and, and then you look up and go, how did we get here? Well, we got here because we spurned marriage. And history has told me over and over again, when I search history, when you watch the collapse of empires, you start spurning marriage, you start spurning the natural order and things just go out of whack. Next thing you know, you look up and there it goes and the next empire rises and the next empire rises. And America has become extremely arrogant in believing that it can't fall. <laughs> yeah. And it's teetering right now. Right. Teetering on the verge of collapse, financially, economically, socially, and everybody, we got this arrogance that I've never seen in history before. We got arrogance that the Romans and the Greeks didn't have. It's this arrogance that we're better than everybody. If something happens to an American, it's because they were wrong. Right. You know, everybody, everything is viewed from the perspective that we are the pinnacle. And we are horrible in so many different areas. And it's only getting worse. And then we're looking at it going, how? Like, I saw... Uh, a clip the other day that almost made me vomit. It was some Caucasian people. They were dressed in, you know, like masquerade stuff. So they had masks on and little glitter and all that. And one of, and there was a little kid. He couldn't have been no more than five years old. And the guy was asking him a question. But when he came up to talking to the mic, they were like, it was an event. When he came up talking to Mike, the guy had the mic extended from out his groin. So the kid's talking into the mic and you know what it's emulating. Yes. And this is this new push to normalize pedophilia. And oh. consistently pushing the edges and the fringes. And we're sitting back, you know, well, it ain't really, it ain't, you know, it ain't, I mean, the kids, I, I, I just hope we, we, actually at some point get an awakening that, that's a whole different subject that was, that, that's a I, that's a whole other top topic too because <laughs> it was something i wanted to touch on too speaking of that um with the transgender community and all that stuff but we can touch on that another time but <laughs> but yeah man uh uh the whole you know mindset that we can build without a foundation and that you're not going to have times where you have to reset the foundation. Sometimes you, you have a house and the foundation gets shifted or it, it, it cracks and you got to feel it. That's marriage. That idea that the white knight comes in on his white steed and rescues you from everything that ever bothers you and takes you off and puts you in his castle and you live happily ever after. That's not even historically real. You look up. There's an aristocracy in royalty. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get the little romance novels, but generally speaking, the wealthy marry the wealthy. Mm -hmm. As a rule, every now and then there's this person, but the chance that every little woman that grew up poor is going to have some guy who makes high six figures, low seven figures come along, and she never have to worry about her problems again. That's not real. 
And the guy that's coming around thinking, you know, there's this perfect woman. She's going to come in and all my pants are going to be pressed. All my clothes are going to be washed. Everything going to be good. She's going to give me sex every night and all this stuff. Bro, first of all, you ain't going to go every night. Second of all, <laughs> you know, I mean, but but and here's the big thing with most guys. Now, she's got to be submissive. Oh, I hear that all the time. You don't even know what that means. And and, and, and and you wouldn't even need to say that though. If 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 if, if, if you if, were where you were supposed to be, right. doing what you're supposed to do, the a submission would be natural. A woman will naturally yield to you as 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 being a man that you're supposed to be. That you're that you're right. literally born to supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. We will naturally yield to you without you even saying it, and without us even mentioning it. We right. we would we want to as a woman. I'm I'm speaking for a woman. We want to. Right. Any woman, especially a woman that's been out there and trying to do it at a certain level for a long enough time. Right. Needs and say, man, uh, man, he could come in here. I'd be happy to step back here and let him take over. Right. And do this <laughs> because this, I mean, but the whole thing is like when I hear black girl magic and strong black woman it makes my stomach churn. And, it, and it's not because I don't want to celebrate black women. It's nothing more unbelievably beautiful than a black woman just i mean the, i mean i can lose myself just thinking about a black it's just the most beautiful thing out god i've done mm -hmm. when when that when, when when the black woman was created but the first thing comes to mind because i understand things is when i hear strong black woman or black girl magic some black woman has just done something she shouldn't have had to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's what always registered me. When I hear strong black woman, she done raised the kids by herself. She done started a business with no help. All these different things that she's doing and now she's being celebrated, she shouldn't have had to do in the first place. And my question is, if she was able to do all that without the help, what would she have done with it? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. And so my whole thing is we've lost ourselves in these ideas, you know, and now every black man wants to be the high value man. I'm like, here we go. Every, every black man is a, is a God. <laughs> God yeah. and a king. And, I, and, 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 and I'm like, okay. And, you know, the thing is, let's talk about King for a minute, brother. And like when I'm teaching these young cats, it's like, let's talk about King. Kings have dominion. Kings have dominion over territory that they've solidified. That means they have something to bring a woman into. One. That means that the buck stops with them Two, Kings don't get to say, well, so-and-so did it. It's their fault. I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. No, kings don't get to do that. Kings get to say, even though I didn't do it, it happened under my watch, so I'm going to figure it out. Because what we like to say is, that woman over there, you know, what Adam did. Yep. I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> that woman you gave me, man, everything was going smooth. You gave me that woman, and now look. No, if you were where you were supposed to be, dude, she wouldn't have did what she did. If you were doing what you were supposed to be, if you're handling your business, you would have knew what was going on. You were off somewhere else doing something you didn't need to do. 
Dude rolled up on her, sold her some stuff, and now everybody in trouble. That's that story. Right. Cautionary tale for everything. My bottom line is when things go awry, it's because I wasn't where I was supposed to be, doing what I was supposed to be doing, alert and aware, and it costs you. Now, what are you going to do about it? Sit up, whine, point a finger, or man up, square your shoulders, and make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> That's what men do. And the thing is, when you are king, when you're king, I have read all kind of ancient text. I have read from the Bible to uh, the, uh, Homer's the Iliad, uh, all kind of different stuff. And I've watched, I don't know how many movies. I have yet to see one king running up and down the hallways, hollering, I'm a king. A king doesn't have to declare his dominion. He simply walks in it and executes it. And in executing it, everybody knows he's that dude. I mean, not in the sense of kingship or royalty, but in the sense of just knowing I'm the baddest dude on the planet doing this. I present to you Denzel Washington. Somebody that worked his butt off to hone his crafts and his skills mm -hmm. and had the had the audience of Sidney Portier, who at that time was that dude. Mm -hmm. And that's who schooled him. And, 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 and you look at the path that he took. And there are some guys, man, that are exceptional at what they do right now. But ask any of them, they're going to tell you he's that dude. He doesn't have to walk around saying it. He simply exudes it. And the other thing I love about it is his relationship with his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, in the game strong, 30-something. Right. You know, and that is, to me, what it's about. It's about when I've lived my life in a way that nobody has to ask me who I am. Nobody has to ask me what I stand for. Nobody, you know, and I've shared this with you before, then I'll turn it over to you and we can go ahead and close out. But some, you know, uh, the Bible says that uh, the glory of a man is his woman. And I remember uh, a, a friend now, used to be my pastor, is a friend now. I remember us meeting a new person who was coming in to take a role at the church at the time. And I remember asking him, so what do you think about him? And, and, I, and I may have told you this before, but he's, he says, I can't tell you I haven't met his wife. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you can judge the character of a man by the countenance of his wife. Just observe her. She's going to tell you who he is. Look at her face when you mention his name. Look at her face when he walks in the room. Look into her eyes when she talks about it. She's going to tell you if he's who he is. Because if he can't love her the way he's supposed to be, he's not going to follow through on anything else. She's supposed to be the most important thing in his life. Look at how he's treating her, and he's going to tell you who he is. And so that's the thing. How are you reflecting me? And if you're not reflecting me in a way that I want to be seen, I've got work to do. Not blame you because people think I'm like this because you out there doing this or you out there. You need to smile more when we go out. You need to give me a reason to smile. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, but and you know, and I think that I can talk this way. I don't get to talk this way a lot without all the disclaimers because guys are like you're always on their side. Well, now you know, no, are you always on us? Well, now I have somebody that can be on the women, so I don't have to get on both sides all the time. <laughs> I feel like, oh my God, y'all like kids. I'm serious. Why you ain't telling them? I'm like, are you serious? I'm talking to grown folks, right? This is like my kids. You didn't tell her. I'm like, oh man. So, but yeah, I mean, that's my thing is I want, you know, whenever somebody comes along, I want my character to be reflected in every bit of them. I want how they speak of me, not their assessment of me, but the way they gloat when they talk about me, the giddiness of it. All and I see that in people that's been 25 deep, 25 years deep, still getting giddy about it. When you talk about it, because they've gotten through some things. And the thing is, to me, it's nothing more exciting than to know you got somebody that's there with you, and you guys are marching to the same thing, headed in the same direction, and you're connected in purpose. That's the thing. It's I'll admit it's got to be hard moving and trying to accomplish something and you're not connected in person purpose and you're headed in two different directions. Right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's something that should be discussed up front. Where are you going? Where are you? Mm -hmm. How do you, you know? What are you planning on doing? What's your purpose? How? And then my thing is, when I know your purpose, how can I plug into that? How can I be of assistance? How can I help you get to where you're going? How are you plugging into me? Now are we gonna have some bumps and some 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 delays and some frustrations along? But yeah, we're heading the same direction though. Yeah, and, and it, and it kind of goes a little for my take too. I, I always look at the deeper aspect of things. I don't know why my brain does that, but um when you mentioned, you know, you're trying to attract your reflection. Basically, you, ref you, you that person should reflect you, how you go about maneuvering and navigating life, how you work and do what you do in life. That person should reflect the same thing. So with that being said, I also look at it this way. So we all have this light and this dark side. We all have, and it, it, it all goes back to balance how who we are as a person are we balanced within ourselves are we in complete alignment with ourselves because that's who will attract now if you're with somebody i can't i don't know if that's if, if you're with somebody and it's a reflection of you what reflection is it is it your dark or your light side what what who, how are you operating because even if that pastor said let me meet his wife who is that wife reflecting and why is she unhappy? How did you attract that person? So this is how I'm thinking because we, the person that we're with, we're going to be with because it is our reflection, but what, what reflection right. is she? Was it, is what, what, what was it the dark side that attracted them to you or was it your light? Right. I get that. I get that. And here's the problem. A lot of times, we're we're drawing people to us when we're in a downtime. Correct, exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm speaking of. And and and, but, and we're thinking that's who we're connecting with, and this is the path that we're. But what path are you taking? What path are you going down? Is it the one that you're in alignment with, 
or the one that you're trying to get out of. Right. You know? And a lot of times that trauma bonding. Right. Right. Will hold you there because that's right. the only, only commonality you had. And association brings about assimilation. So the right. behaviors mimic one another. And so when when I'm in a up moment, you're in a down moment. So you mm -hmm. pull me back into it. And then when you're in a up moment, I'm in a down moment. So I'm pulling you back into it. And we'll look up and we're five years deep and we're still in this dark. In the same cycle, in the same spot that you right. were in. <laughs> right. So you make a very valid point. I think that you've got to have uh, a space of light. And that's where you got to look for the person that's going to be that person that's going to walk beside you is in the light. Because mm -hmm. um, there's, there's going to be plenty of people that you attract that's going to want to walk your path in the opposite direction. You're 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 mentally seeing yourself wanting to walk, but you're going the opposite direction. The direction, yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. Man, this was great. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how we get on here. I mean, I don't think we've ever planned an outline. No, I <laughs> Uh, we just, just improv and stuff. Yeah, just hey, this is what we do. Uh, but again, we're gonna come back and we're gonna get on that more touchier subject. Uh, and fortunately, we're not doing it on YouTube where we're gonna get our channels taken because I'm pretty sure when we start talking about oh yeah the transgender transgender uh, issues and the uh, pedophilia, febophilia, and things of that nature that a lot of people are gonna come out of the woodwork and not be happy. Uh, but oh well. <laughs> it is what it is hey truth has to be spoken right. and talking about light to me there's no greater source of light than truth uh when you, when you when you speak truth you open up light and then in that you can walk into that light and then you can shine that light and it's when we start trying to embrace the untruth the lie mm -hmm. that we shut down the light and we shade it and we start to experience darkness. And the problem is, if you're not careful in darkness, you, you can see a glimmer of light, but it may not be coming from the direction you think it's coming from. And you're walking toward it, but it's actually shining from the opposite direction. Hmm. And so you can find yourself deeper and deeper in something till you can't get out of it. And so hopefully we can really put some light on this and, and truth on it, and it'll end up going somewhere where everybody we've we've gone over a little bit but hey it was worth every moment we're about to check out of here we want to thank you guys for stopping in with us and, and tune in again next week and we're going to talk about a hot topic and, and, and tiffany's going to get us kicked off the internet <laughs> uh so on that note we'll talk to you soon quote unquote making a statement about a group of people. I think that the outrage that is being shown uh, about these ads from Balenciaga uh, I thought was for me um, and radiology. So since I hadn't been to college, I had to do all of my basics and stuff. So I did a year of that. And then I got accepted into the uh, Coleman College.